Welcome into the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is my partner in crime, Danny Gutierrez. Danny, Hi, Sean, how are you? I was going to ask how you're doing. Oh, I'm pretty excited. I'm pumped. If you couldn't tell, I, I'm just looking at this card and top to bottom. It's just amazing. It's great. UFC 211 is shaping up to be awesome. Today we were talking about UFC 211, like Danny said, and I'm super excited too. You look at this card, top to bottom, even with some pullouts, this card is still yeah, fantastic. Yeah, one pullout. It was Henry Cejudo versus Sergio Pettis. Which would would, would have been an amazing fight. It would have been fight. a very good fight, but yeah, so, that's okay. So it, replacing that on the card... Uh, the, the main card will be uh, Christoph. That's Yotko. how stacked this card yeah. is. Can you believe it? Christoph Yodko versus David Branch. We'll get to that. Uh, the first fight we're going to be talking about is the preliminary card on FX. Uh, it's the main event of that card. The lightweight fight versus former lightweight champion in the UFC, Eddie Alvarez, taking on Dustin Diamond Poirier. Two guys that have lost to Conor McGregor. Yeah. Who do you like in this fight? Man, this is a tough fight to call. Both guys lost to Conor McGregor in the first round by knockout. Yeah. Or not in the first round. Eddie Alvarez took it to the second, second but round, yeah. still he got, he got beat on pretty bad. Poirier, the Por- the, uh, the Poirier fight was at uh, featherweight. Now Poirier's at lightweight, and he's got a lot more energy, and he's got a lot more pop in his punches, too. And real quick, I got, a, I, got I just got an ESPN notification. Breaking news, John Jones will fight Daniel Cormier in light heavyweight title rematch at UFC uh, 214, so we'll be talking about that next week. But we anyways, will. We will. So it's going to be that's exciting. That's crazy, so keep going. Good stuff. It won't be the main event, though. But we're talking about <laughs> this uh, preliminary, preliminary main event. Yes. Excuse me. Um, Eddie Alvarez is a short, stocky wrestler with uh, some pretty good boxing. Uh, he's got a good chin, and that carried him throughout his Bellator career. He's got he had some awesome fights with uh, Patrick e. Pitbull and uh, Michael Chandler. But I wonder how that chin's holding up because he he kind of had a rocky start at the beginning of his UFC career. His only moment of of his only shining moment was yeah. when he won the title, and that was that freakish overhand right that he that he landed on Rafael dos Anjos. Well, he beat up Rafael. Yeah, he beat and, up and then well, at, at at that point is when he like swarmed on him and beat him up and just did not let him breathe and mm-hmm. just finished him. Uh, Dustin Poirier kind of fights the same way, but he does it from the southpaw stance, so his timing is going to be a little bit different than Eddie Alvarez is used to, unless he's been working with southpaws, which I'm which I'm sure he has, mm-hmm. but. I mean, Dustin Poirier's got a really—he's—he's he's very well-rounded. He's—he's got a good clinch. He's very strong in the clinch and in the Muay Thai clinch as well. Uh, he'll take it to the ground if he needs to. He's—he's he's, most of his wins actually came by way of submission early on in his career. Um, I'm really liking Dustin the Diamond Poirier just because he's more well-rounded. He can knock you out and he can submit you. Whereas Eddie Alvarez. Could, could, he kind of relies on that chin, like a shield, a little bit too much, mm. and I'm afraid that that's going to be his downfall. But he's got some heavy hands and some good wrestling, so if he pl- if he fights smart, he can he can edge out Dustin Poirier because Poirier has trouble with wrestlers. But I'm picking Poirier in this fight. I mean, it's a difficult call to fight, fight to call because I agree. You look at Eddie's time in the UFC, uh, losses to Connor and Donald Cerrone, but then he beat. Beat Gilbert Melendez. Uh, that was decision. a close fight. Another split decision with Anthony Pettis too, and then he obviously had the knockout over RDA. So it's something where his his UFC runs. I don't know. I don't want to say it hasn't been impressive, but it's, it's something wishy-washy. Where he's got a lot of names on there, but yeah. then you also look at what those guys have done. Rafael dos Santos is going up in weight. Yes, he Anthony is. Pettis tried to go down in weight. Gilbert Melendez really hasn't been the same uh, since he came back he from his suspension. Much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, since he came back from his suspension, he's been very inactive. Um, and the guys that he's lost to, I mean, Conor McGregor, one of the best fighters uh, that we've seen, but he hasn't been you know defending a title at all. He just had um, a baby. 
Congratulations. Yeah, congrats to Conor McGregor. That's a cute baby. Uh, and then also Down Cerrone. I mean, Down Cerrone was a, a nightmare when he moved up. So he just, and, and he just lost to somebody who's also on this card, but we'll get to that later. But yeah. right now, he's kind of in limbo, and he's, he's slated to fight Robbie Lawler. So Yeah, but the, going with Eddie Alvarez, I mean, it's it's tough to pick who... I I, I mean, I want to pull for Eddie because he does... I mean, he's the champion. He's been champion uh, in, in two different uh, times here, but you look at uh, two different uh, organizations... organizations. But you look at Poirier; he's a younger kid. Um, you, you, you know, he hasn't been through the ringer that much. His loss to Connor wasn't as bad as Eddie's because Eddie got picked apart where Poirier more got caught. But you put up a little bit more of a fight. Yeah, and he, I mean, Connor clipped him, and then he he was throwing some punches to the back of the head. I mean, it wasn't like side indirect of the, back of the head. So. It was close. I mean, there were <laughs> there were some that hit the back of the head. But nonetheless, um, Connor's here and they're here facing yeah, each other. So. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one where both guys have punching power. I would say Alvarez, like you said, if, if it goes to the ground, I'll take Alvarez. But I just to be different, I'll go with Eddie Alvarez just because I think he's got the championship heart, and okay. I haven't seen that. And that's out of fair Poirier. too. I haven't seen that at Poirier. I, I still go back to when Eddie Alvarez knocked out RDA, and when he kept going at him, he kept going at him, kept having the heart, and Joey Diaz was uh, having a heart attack. Yes, on he Joe was. Rogan's, I remember uh, that. Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. <laughs> I remember which is that. Great. Uh, so I, I'll go with Eddie Alvarez, not really to be different, but I I just think that the the championship heart is there. With Eddie Alvarez, and that's just because we've seen it before. I might say Dustin Poirier doesn't have it in him, and I guess we'll see that uh, uh, tomorrow if, if he does have it. But let's move on now to the main card. The middleweight fight between Christoph Yokot and David Branch, former uh, WSOF and Bellator late heavyweight champion David Branch, making his UFC debut. Who do you got in this one? I really do like David Branch, but I'm looking at the run of Christoph Jotko, and it's a pretty impressive uh, run. Mm-hmm. Tandem McRory, um, Tor Trung, uh, Talis Lates. He's only got one loss in the UFC, so he's starting to pull it all. He's starting to put it all together a little bit, and he's young. But I really do like David Branch because he has that championship experience, and he's been a champion in two different weight divisions, light heavyweight and middleweight. He's fought guys like uh, Vinny Magalhaes and um, Anthony Rumble Johnson, and his his he's got a pretty good track record mm-hmm. too. So I'm really pulling for David Branch here. I think he's uh, very well rounded. He's very good uh, on the outside when he's. Uh, He's very good on his angles when he's uh, picking you apart with the strikes. Uh, he's very good engaging in the clinch when you, when your back is up against the cage. He's a very smart, economical uh, middleweight. Even though he's 35 years old, I feel like he's he, he he hasn't gone through too much wear and tear. He's seasoned. He's seasoned enough where I think he can win this fight. Yeah, and I mean, you look at his losses. I mean, he had an early loss uh, in the UFC to Gerald Harris, but then outside of that... And uh, this is his oh, second stint in the UFC, yeah, I should say. And then, you know, he had a loss in the UFC to Rusmas Palharis, uh, a former champ in his own right and a dirty uh, fighter, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he also lost to Rumble. So, I mean, he's got three losses on his record. and, and two He didn't of them, get finished by Rumble, though, which yeah, was impressive. But, but two of them were to, 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 to bigger names. And I, But still, when you look at the, the move from uh, guys to uh, the UFC, I mean, I think of uh, the, the guy who got who lost to Joe Lozano, uh, Marcin Held. Mm-hmm. You know, he struggled coming to the UFC. Will Brooks has struggled coming to the UFC. Mm-hmm. Eddie Alvarez hasn't been phenomenal. I mean, he's been good. Obviously, he was a champ. And I think, I think mm-hmm. one of the only champs that has come from Bellator uh, to to get in both both sides. So I mean, you, you see that the guys that come from WSOF and Bellator, and, and there is a struggle that we have seen the guys that have got it to the top of those organizations and then moving over. So right. I, I, I'm a little hesitant picking Branch, and I think that's why I'm going to go with Yodcote. Uh, you know, we, we we look at you know the the, the knockout against Tammy McCrory, and it was something unreal. I remember watching that because of. Uh, the, the Rory and Wonderboy fight and that mm-hmm. was that was a you know an okay fight but then you see what he did to McCrory he just lit him up just knocked him out I think it was in what like a minute or so so um, looking at that I think Yotko you know he has the UFC experience he's been fighting in the UFC and I don't know if it's something where 
the lights may be too bright. Maybe there's too much pressure on David Branch, and maybe that's where the championship experience he's brought in from other organizations helps him. But I think it's something where Yokot has the the advantage here just because he is comfortable, just because you know he he has more room to run where Branch might be trying to prove himself. The UFC jitters, if you're if you're thinking that's a factor, an X factor in this fight mm-hmm. for either fighter, I don't think that's going to be a factor in this fight because of the fact that Kristoff's been in there and he's done that, and David Branch has been in there in the UFC and he's done that. But left, he, he left because he wasn't back. good enough. So now we're gonna well we're gonna see what the seasoning has done for him. So I don't think the jitters are going to be a problem in this. I think. Mm-hmm. It's just the execution of the game plan. Well, Who's been training the hardest? I don't know if it's a game plan. I don't think it's a jitters thing with, the, with these guys coming over. I think it's just something that maybe they're getting thrown into too much deep of water. Maybe this the, the talent pool, when you look at Bellator and WSOF, you know, guys for Will Ill Brooks and, and, and Marcy and Health, those guys have struggled against top guys in the UFC. Maybe maybe the, the difference uh, coming over for, for David Branch will be a, a lot, and maybe Yoko will give him a lot of problems because I look at you know this whole... This whole list of you know fighters he's beaten since he he lost to Rumble and Yushin Okami's there, but what was Yushin Okami doing in 2014? I mean Yushin Okami wasn't the monster that he was, uh, you know, early on in his career. So I mean, there's not a lot of names that's a good that point. wow me, and that, that's one thing where maybe Yoko, you know, a, a younger guy, uh, you know, an up and coming guy, maybe it's something that he it'll be too much to handle for Branch. Uh, but let's move on to one of the, the fights that I'm most excited for. Me the, too. This is a sleeper fight. It, in my here's opinion. A, here's the thing: is you look at this card, and I have so many favorite fighters on yeah. this card. Uh, yeah, there's it's stacked. We got stacked. The featherweight fight between Frankie Edgar and Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Uh, two fantastic fighters right yes, there. They Frankie, are. I know, is both one of our favorite fighters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just because of his heart, and you look at Yari Rodriguez, one of the most entertaining fighters mm-hmm. in the UFC. So who's going to get black belt and trains in Chicago too? Yeah, who's going to get it here? The the young kid, the young prospect in Yair, or the grizzled vet in Frankie Edgar? You know what? I back in the day when Frankie Edgar fought BJ Penn, I was I felt like I was the only one rooting for Frankie Edgar <laughs> because no one ever, no one believed because at that time BJ Penn was such a monster. What he'd done to guys like Kenny Florian and guys like Joe Daddy Stevenson, it was just monstrous. Mm-hmm. He looked unbeatable at lightweight, and Frankie goes goes out there and outpaces him and outconditions him. That's carried his career for a very long time, but his past couple fights with Jose Aldo and Jeremy Stevens, even though he won that fight, he got tagged with a kick at the end of the, at the at, at the end of the foot with uh, Jeremy Stevens, and he got rocked. And I felt like that was a very big turnaround for Jeremy Stevens. I honestly felt like Frankie Edgar lost that fight, but the judges, the he was in New York, so the judges gave him the decision. Um, I, I don't. It's. I feel like we're not going to see the same Frankie Edgar, and I'm at a loss for words, and I hate to say it. It's very hard for me to swallow up and say it, but I think Gary Rodriguez is going to get it done. I think he's going to knock out Frankie Edgar because he's. Been, I think he's going to knock him I out. I think he's going to be the first one to finish him. I really wow. do. I think. I think Yeri Rodriguez cuts on angles with his kicks, and he mixes it up really well with the straight punches. Uh, he might even try to out-wrestle Frankie Edgar. Who knows? He's got he's got some pretty underrated Brazilian jiu-jitsu that we don't see. I mean, and he he's fought a five-round war with Alex Caceres, so it's not like he hasn't— <laughs> Alex Caceres is not Frankie Edgar. <laughs> That's right. You're tr- <laughs> it's right. But, I mean, I don't know. We're going to see. I think I think Yeri Rodriguez has shaped up his— uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. All his, around uh, game. His all around game mm-hmm. and his wrestling, his counter wrestling, his counter jujitsu. I think he's going to get it done. I think Yuri Rodriguez is going to be the first one to, to to stop Frankie Edgar. I don't know. I mean, tw- twenty one and five. Frankie Edgar is in his career, uh-huh. and five losses have all been by decision. Mm-hmm. Never been finished. 
I mean, that's and those were fight of the night takes, losses too. That takes, those were losses that he was awarded money for, extra money for. Like takes, he's a dog, he's a monster. That takes some balls to say that he's gonna get knocked out. I, I don't think I. I think a year's gonna get it done. I really do. I think I think a year's on a different level with his taekwondo. I feel like he can. He throws wild kicks, very unorthodox striking. He switches stances very well. Frankie does too, but. Usually when a wrestler switches stances, it usually means that they put their dominant foot forward and they're going to shoot with that leg, so it's going to carry them with one point, with one with one form of their style. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas Jair Rodriguez is going to you know, pump the jab and throw a straight left from southpaw, and he's going to throw a front kick from southpaw, and he could do the same thing from an orthodox stance. He's just, I feel like he's more crafty at a very young age than Frankie is. This is something where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick Frankie. And I know that, you know, the Jeremy Stevens win, it was a close fight. He got tagged a lot. Didn't it leave a, it um, left a really bad taste in your mouth? I still and felt, I I, Frankie I Edgar, still felt but... Frankie won. I, I was watching that fight. I still I wasn't upset at that that decision. Um, but there's something about Frankie. Former where, UFC lightweight champion. Yeah. And, and you look at this. I mean, his only losses in, at featherweight have been to uh, Jose Aldo, who's one of the best of all time. Uh, I, I look at Yair, and you know he hasn't fought anyone outside of Alex Caceres. I mean, Andre Andre Feely, he lit up with that with that uh, and granted, switch around his, his last his last fight was against a washed BJ Penn, well, a complete washed up BJ Penn. I mean, so he hasn't had a real fight in about a year. Um, so I don't know. It's t- it's tough to pick against Frankie, and Frankie is a guy that's not going to quit. He's not going to stop. Of course, and not. I think it's something where he might be able to grind it out and, and, and win because it's something where he's not gonna you know he's not gonna let. Yeah, you're get comfortable and start flowing. He's going to put the pressure on him immediately and and try to tire him out. And it's something where Fra- he has never fought someone to Frankie Edgar's level. I mean, right. Frankie Edgar's has fought guys like Yair Rodriguez before. He's fought guys who are up and comers, who who are guys that are very flowy. He's he's fought a guy like um you know Jose Aldo, but Jose Aldo was that was prime Jose Aldo. Um and, and Yair Rodriguez is still kind of putting it all together. Where Yair Rodriguez has never faced someone. To the level of Frankie Edgar, so that's why I'll, I feel I'll like go, he's gonna. gonna go I feel like I feel like he's gonna rise to the occasion. I feel like Yuri hey, Rodriguez is gonna and, rise to the occasion. And if they do, they have a superstar because yeah. he is he is so exciting to watch, and he's he's gonna tap into that Mexico market. So I mean, this is this is something that you know it, it's not gonna be bad for either fighter because yeah, you're just gonna get experience even if he loses, and it's a loss to Frankie Edgar, and no one's gonna you know no one's gonna be like, oh, you lost to Frankie Edgar. Um, and if Frankie wins, then you have a you know just you have or, he's I'm already sorry, campaigning if, for a title shot. I'm for sorry, the winner of Mike's Max Holloway. And Jose Alves, yeah, I'm so. sorry, but if, if Yair wins, then you have a superstar because he just beat Frankie Edgar. Right. So I, I think it's 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 a win-win situation for for the UFC. I think for fans too because I think they're going to put on one hell of a fight. Uh, but let's move on now to the welterweight fight uh, between Damian Maya, who should be fighting for the welterweight title, uh, and Jorge Masvidal, who just beat Donald Cerrone. Looking at this one. Who do you like in this? I really do like this card, but I'm more shocked at the odds. Did you see the Vegas odds? They no, have Damian Maya as the underdog. Slide underdog? What? Yes. They have Damian Maya as Let's go the to slight Vegas. underdog. You want to go to Vegas? Right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Jorge Masvidal I really like in this fight, but Damian Maya, Damian Maya, I read an article, and I read the title of the article, and it was about Damian Maya, and it basically said the one man who could win the title without throwing a single punch. Well, and it was—it's hilarious because he's got this crazy Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and pedigree. There's another thing too that came out where he's adding more things, where he found a more fluid way to get to somebody's back. 
from ground control. So he is becoming better at 39 years old and better w- at learning. winning without throwing a punch. He's I mean, learning. it's unreal and he's scary learning. what Damian Maia does. He's the human backpack. He's got Brazilian, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu is just a Swiss army knife, and it's just got an unlimited amount of tools in it, and he just keeps pulling them out, and he keeps learning, mm-hmm. he keeps adding stuff to it, he keeps going and going and going. Um, he's on a mean streak right now, and he hasn't been granted a title shot. Which um, he should be fighting. Looking at his interviews with Ariel Hawani, he seems calm, cool, collective. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, That's his demeanor, though. He's, is, that is his demeanor, but he cares about winning. He cares about fighting. He cares about going out there and doing what he what he does best, and that's going out there and utilizing his superior Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills, his superior mm-hmm. grappling skills, and finishing the guy. But Jorge Masvidal is no joke. Jorge Masvidal is called game bread for a reason. Jorge Masvidal has been around for a very, very, very long time. I remember watching Jorge Masvidal fight in Bodog fight. I remember watching him fight in Bellator. I remember watching him fight in Strikeforce, and I said, this guy, why hasn't he made it to the UFC? Yeah. And he got to the UFC, and look at him tear it up. He's tearing it up. Mm-hmm. He's tearing it up. Like he, now he's putting Is it he all tearing to- it up. <clears throat> now he's <laughs> now he's putting it all together at welterweight. He just knocked out Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He's got he's uh, riding on some mean momentum right now himself. So I mean we're gonna see we're gonna see what happens in the, in this fight. He's got some pretty good defensive wrestling. He's got some very underrated Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's got some awesome boxing, awesome evasive boxing yeah. as well. Awesome strikes, awesome Muay Thai. Uh, he's he's got some pretty unorthodox strikes himself. He likes to throw a lot of wheel kicks and spinning back kicks. So he's very he's he's a complete all around great fighter. This is gonna be a very interesting fight, and I'm very surprised that Damian Mai is the underdog because I thought Jorge Masvidal was gonna be the underdog. Because I was going to go for Masvidal. I'm still going to go for Masvidal. You don't I, want Masvidal? I, I have to go with Masvidal because he's... he's <clears throat> excuse me. He could, put all, he could put it together very, very well. Whereas Damian Maia has that one weapon. But that one weapon is... He's so good this, at using that this one the, weapon. This is why he's the underdog. Is because people just see that one weapon and they're like, "Yeah, he has that one weapon. It's fantastic." But if he gets hit, he's gonna he's gonna lose. And I agree. I'm not it, saying that. Okay. I'm not saying if he get hit, he's but, gonna lose. But, but we he, know we know that it's Jorge a mixed Ma- martial arts fight. It's not we, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu how, fight. We know we know we every know, fight starts standing. We know that Jorge Masvidal has the superior stand-up game. He's he's a fantastic boxer. We know that. He has fought, uh, and Damian Maia has fought Carlos Condit, who is one of the most dangerous strikers we've Very seen. Very well-rounded himself. Uh, an, an amazing striker. Matt Brown, who is tied for the most finishes in UFC welterweight division history with 11. He's a guy that can knock people out. He fought a guy, Gunnar Nelson, who is uh, a superior, uh, not a superior to Damian Maia, but to most welterweights, he is a superior submission grappler destroyed Gunnar Nelson. He beat Neil Magny, who looks like one of the best welterweights in the whole division. And he beat Ryan LaFleur, who was a guy who was young, up-and-coming, purple belt in, in jiu-jitsu, has a couple knockouts. On, He's got on some pretty thing. good wrestling himself, does Ryan LaFleur. Damian Maya, I understand the whole thing that, you know, Jorge Masvidal is more well-rounded. He's younger. But Damian Maya, he is calm, cool, collected, but he is determined and that weapon is the scariest weapon because that's kind of saying— And I agree. Um, that's kind of saying like, oh, hey, you know, North Korea—I'm um, using two random countries, but hey, North Korea's got a ton of, uh, you know, army. You know, they, they have a huge army. You know, they have a great navy. They have a great uh, Marines team. You know, they have, uh, you know, these three crazy weapons. And then you're like, well, but the U.S. only has a nuke. It's like, I'll take the new because it can get rid of everything. That's what Damian Maya has here because, yes— 
if he gets touched by Masvidal, we don't know how he's going to get hold, held up because Damian Maia is old. He's 39 years old. We've seen him you know, try to stand up he's and strike before. Well. Yeah, but we've seen him. He hasn't he's taken very a punch. Robotic. He he's, he's very robotic in his boxing. He hasn't taken a punch since that Rory fight, pretty much. I mean, he's taken 11 significant strikes, I think, in the past, what, <laughs> six fights. So I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's not going to lose. He's not going to get hit. <laughs> he is unreal at taking you to the ground. He did it for three rounds against Matt Brown. He did it three rounds against Gunnar Nelson. He did it two rounds against Neil Magny. He did it for five rounds against Ryan LaFerre. He did it against uh, for three more rounds against Alexander Yakolev. He has just done it constantly, and he's going to do it again to Jorge Masvidal. It's uh, Damian Maya should be fighting for the title, and it's a joke <laughs> that he's not. Jorge Masvidal is going to lose this fight because Damian Maia is the scariest player. Scariest submission grappler. Training an American top team. He's got a stable of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts at his his side. Training, helping him, getting ready for this fight. Wrestlers, NCAA Division I wrestlers, uh, judo black belts, Olympic level uh, judoists, guys like, you know, Hector Lombard. Um, he's he's got a stable of guys to train with that'll help him get ready for the grappling of Damian Maya. So it's mm-hmm. gonna, this is going to be a very interesting fight. I think it's going to be interesting too. But the fact that you're picking Masvidal, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to the co-main event: the women's strawweight title fight between Joanna Janjicek and Jessica Andrade. Uh, two of my favorite fighters because I love Joanna and and her the way that she just brutally beats people up. She's got some sick I Muay mean, Thai. Again, I go back to that Carlos Barza win, and she just lit. Up, Carla I remember Sparza. that. I remember watching that fight live, and I was just like, I don't know about Carla Sparza. And she's just trying to shoot in, and she's not. She's not completing the double of the got, shot. And she, she got lit up. She got lit up. And that's and Joanna actually won the the title in Dallas. They're back at Dallas. Uh, I remember at, at that Saturday. That was, that was mentioned in the UFC countdown show. It um, was awesome. And then Jessica Andrade. She's one of my favorite fighters. She's now moved down from bantamweight to strawweight and has looked fantastic. Which in is that a good move. move. Yeah, she looks fantastic in that move. So and what, the UFC is adding the women's flyweight division. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see if she moves up. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. But let's let's talk more about this fight and. And what's going to happen because Joanna Jędrzejczyk is one of the most dominant champions we've had in the UFC outside of Mighty Mouse. So, look, just got all ten of his belts. Yeah, that looks that's an awesome picture. <laughs> uh, looking at this, what does Andrade need to do to beat Joanna? Because we know what Joanna needs to do to beat Andrade. She's got to take away that space. She's got to put the pressure on Joanna Jędrzejczyk. She's got to utilize that angry Brazilian boxing, you know, mm-hmm. face forward style that she loves to use. Get her hands on her. Utilize that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, t- utilize that wrestling, that aggressive wrestling. Make the clinch grueling. Even though Joanna Jacek is uh, superior uh, clinch work when it comes to striking, Muay Thai clinch, um, Jessica Andrade, her Brazilian jiu-jitsu clinch and her wrestling clinch is strong and devastating. She just picks up these girls and tosses them around like they're rag dolls, like they're little like punching bags to her. Um, this is going to be a very interesting fight. Joanna Jacek actually, she her game is a sprawl and brawl. Like she loves to just keep it standing and beat you up from the outside. And if you get in close, she's going to clinch with you, throw knees and elbows. If you try and take her down, she's just going to get right back up to her feet. It, this is just a wild fight. This is going to be a very interesting fight because in, in in certain aspects, both of these girls are very similar. They don't like to hold back. They move forward constantly. They, they love to put on the pressure. I think these girls are just going to clash in the center and deoctagon. 
I think this is going to be a fantastic fight because, like I said, I mean, I I, I love Ioana's you know kind of grit and and her you know her demeanor of I'm the best and Adraj kind of you know she's not the most outspoken but she just looks mean. She's confident. Yeah, she looks mean and confident. That's something that looks awesome. I mean, she she reminds me of like a bulldog. Like she she's got yeah, that. She's demeanor. a little pit bull. Yeah, that like she she reminds me of, of that. And it's something where these she's two a little are, Tasmanian devil. These two are going to clash. I think this is the best. This is going to be the best strawweight fight I think we've seen because the the Carolina. Carolina one was a, a nice fight between her and Joanna, but it was a very technical fight on Joanna's part. But, and then Carolina really, tagged her one time. Uh, yeah, outside of that one punch, it was a Joanna right. dominated yeah. fight. Yeah. You look at the ones uh, against uh, Claudia Gadelia and, and, and Joanna, like that Claudia, was a closer fight, but that was a very good. Claudia fight. had her for two rounds, but then she was gassed yeah. for both times. So it's something where if Andrade has the tank. It's going to be a brawl for five rounds mm-hmm. or until someone falls if down. If she's got the energy to fight for 25 minutes. So this is this is a tough one for me to pick because, again, Ioana, she's got the range. She's got the technical striking. She's also got the power. Andrade, you know, dropping down, she still has that power. She still has that speed. She's still got that nasty, you know, vicious mean streak to her. So it, it's a tough one to pick. Um, I, it's hard to go against a champion as dominant as Ioana Janjacek, but... I think we're gonna see an upset in you're Dallas. Gonna, you're, you're gonna you're she, gonna go with the underdog. She won the title in in in, in Dallas, and she's gonna lose you think the title she's in lose Dallas. The title in Dallas. Jessica Andrade is gonna be your woman's strawweight champion. I'm gonna disagree. I think Joanna's and Jacek. She's gonna stay undefeated. I think she's gonna use her range, and she's gonna be very smart uh, in her. Um, and her movement mm-hmm. with her footwork, I think she's going to be very diligent in her sprawling. I think she's going to be very extremely diligent in her uh, defense. It's going to be very interesting. I think we're going to see a different Yolanda and Jacek here. I don't know if we're going to see a different. I think we're just going to see a great Yolanda and Jacek. I mean, she's uh, she is a, a, a her and Mighty Mice might be perfect fighters. I mean, we see that and, <laughs> so and, far, and and so far they've been perfect. We haven't seen a flaw in them. So I mean, it, I think Yolanda can. I wouldn't be shocked if Yolanda wins. I'll tell you that. Uh, let's move on to now to the main event though, the heavyweight title fight between Stipe Miocic Finally, and the Junior heavyweight title fight, and the heavyweight championship fight. Of the world, we talked about Cain Velasquez being the greatest. I didn't heavyweight even say ever. Junior Dos Santos's name. We we, we didn't, I didn't even said it over. We hold on, we, hold on. Let's go to the co- let's go to the main event here. Stipe Miocic's defending the heavyweight title versus Junior Dos Santos. Danny, what do you think of this fight? There <laughs> we, you go. We, <laughs> we do my job. <laughs> we, we, this is so exciting though because we talk about heavyweights in the UFC, but this this pulls out all the stops though. This pull this this the, the UFC heavyweight title is for the baddest man on the planet. It's for the most mm-hmm. complete fighter on the planet. This yeah. is we used to like I said, we talked before I was rudely interrupted. <laughs> you but, interrupted but, me. but after I rudely interrupted. Yeah. Right. So Kane Velasquez, we talked about Kane, we talked about Brock Lesnar, Junior Dos Santos was once a champion. Stipe Miocic is such a smart economical fighter he's a former golden gloves boxer he's got baseball experience and he's got a world of confidence he's elite loves his state of ohio he's a <clears throat> excuse me he's a firefighter in his home state of ohio he absolutely loves his his people in ohio mm-hmm. and he just he he's he's such a countryman he's he's such a likable guy um, and he's very—he's a very smart fighter too. He's got very good boxing. Both guys are very likable guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But both of both of them are always smiles. Um, mm-hmm. They both like each other. They don't hate each other, but they yeah. don't need animosity to hype up this fight because their first fight they try to knock each other out, and that was one of the greatest uh, UFC heavyweight fights aside from Mark Hunt and Bigfoot that we've seen in a very long time. And they went for five rounds. Too. Yeah, I don't understand how they these went guys for go for five, five rounds, rounds without knocking each other out. So it's going to be a very interesting fight. This is going to be a tough fight to call. 
Junior Dos Santos for a heavyweight, he's got some very deceptive, deceptively good footwork. When he fought Big Ben Rothwell, we saw a, we saw an old Junior Dos Santos. He was a very smart Junior Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. He kept um, staying on the outside, utilizing the the right. But he looked good. Cross to the body. Yeah, he looked he good. He looked in really that fight. good yeah. in that fight. He looked fresh in that fight. He looked crisp. Stephen Miocic in his last fight, he took a knee. He got knocked down by Alistair Overeem, but he got right back up and he knocked tapped out. Too. Yeah, remember? Yeah. That? Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't see a tap at, at all. It was a joke. <laughs> Alistair felt the tap. Um, <laughs> Stipe, this is going to be a very interesting fight, but I'm pulling for Stipe in this one. I think he's, I think he's learned a lot from that first fight. I actually went back and watched that first fight. Mm-hmm. I felt like he won that fight because he put a lot of pressure on Junior Dos Santos. So I think he's going to walk away. I think he's going to defend the title. I think he's still going to walk away the champion. Yeah, I mean that's one thing about Stipe. I mean, you know, his two losses on his record: one to Stefan Struve and one to Junior Dos Santos. But other since then, I mean, he beat Mark, he beat Mark Hunt, he beat Andre Arlovski, he beat Fabricio Verdum, he beat Alistair Overeem. So. I mean, it, it's something where Stipe's on a crazy run. If he does win this fight, it will be his second title defense, and if he defends it one more time, uh, he will be the 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 uh, the title holder to defend the belt the most times because no one's made a pass too, which is crazy to think about. Um, looking at this though, um, I, I think Stipe's got it in the bag. I mean, he's younger. He's I feel like he's more motivated. I, I'm not saying Junior isn't because Junior's had that belt before. Um, he, he he probably wants to get back to that. I'm not saying he's not, but Stipe, like you said, I mean, it's something where he lost before. Uh, he wanted this fight. The whole thing about embedded when watching his tr- training camp, he's still light and loose. But you know, when he's training, he's just like dead on focus. And his trainers are like, he wants this fight. He we, ever since he lost to him, he's got a bad taste in his mouth. He he likes Junior, but he wants to win this fight. He wanted this fight, so he's motivated. It's he's some, hungry. It's something where I, I think it's Stipe, hard to stay hungry as a champion. Mm-hmm. I and think Stipe, Stipe needs no motivation to fight. I think Stipe is going to be that guy who, who who might set the record. I think Stipe. Is a guy who you know he he isn't you know a crazy athlete you know he he isn't hyper athletic he isn't a guy that you know is, is a guy who's just gonna hit you once and, and you're gonna fall down like an Anthony Rumble Johnson guy he's not a guy like Damian Maya who specifies in one skill um, he's not a guy that has something crazy about him where Junior used to have that crazy punching power. Um, and Stipe, speed yeah Stipe is just a fantastic fighter all around and it's something where he's complete I, I I just think that he's gonna he's gonna fill all those gaps where. Junior excels, and he's going to be able to beat him somewhere else. So I, I I'm, I'm picking Stipe in this fight. I'm picking Stipe too. It's something where I think Stipe Stipe might be the chosen one when it comes to heavyweight fighters. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if he. We'll see when he meets guys like Francis Ngannou or Derek Lewis because yeah. those guys are monsters themselves. So. Well, I think he can handle Derek Lewis. Ngannou is the one that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So we'll uh, see. We'll see what happens after this fight. But it's going to be awesome. I think. I think the shape of the heavyweight division is shaping up to be very, very. It's 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 deep. Mm-hmm. Now it's getting very deep. So. It's going to be an interesting fight. And UFC 211 is a fantastic fight card. And uh, Danny, I think this is the first time ever that we have only agreed once on a, on a fight. Only to, once? To, to recap this, uh, the, the, the prelim main event, Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier. Danny's picking Dustin Poirier. I am picking Eddie Alvarez. Uh, we go to the main card, the middleweight fight. Christopher Yotkot versus David Branch. You're taking David Branch. I'm taking Yotkot. Uh, then we're going to the featherweight fight. I'm taking Frankie Edgar. You're I'm taking Ray Rodriguez. You're taking Ray Rodriguez. Uh, the welterweight fight. You're somehow picking Jorge Masvidal. I'm picking I mean somehow. I'm picking the right choice of Damian <laughs> Maya. And then the women's strawweight fight. 
I got I got the crazy one there. I'm picking Jessica Andrade just because I feel an upset coming. There's got to be an upset somewhere here. Uh, you're taking you on. <laughs> it'll, it'll be with Jorge Masvidal. You're, you're taking the you're taking the sleeper pick in Yohan and Yohan Well, no, it's it's not a sleeper pick because he's he's not even the favorite. Damian Maya's not even the favorite in the fight. Uh, you're going which with, is strange. You're it's going, so strange. You're picking him. Yes, uh, I'm picking Jorge Masvidal. And, and I'm J- picking Yohan and Jacek. You're picking Yohan and Jacek. And then the heavyweight fight we both got Stipe. Um, and and but real quick, more news was announced. Justin Gaethje, uh, the former WSOF, I think it was uh, lightweight yes, champion. Yes, I was just about to say something uh, about that. He yes. is fighting uh, Michael Johnson on July 7th, so that's going to be a crazy that's fight That's going to be a really good fight. Um, so we got John Jones versus DC. That was announced. It's taking place at UFC 214. And then July 7th, we have uh, Justin Gaethje making his UFC debut. So another guy uh, from a different organization who made it to the top. We'll see how good Justin Gaethje actually is. Uh, Danny, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? This summer is going to be packed with fights. I hope you guys join us. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And... Dana White also said Sunday is the deadline for Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor to happen, and it's it's not going to happen. It so, might not happen. So. No, it's not going to happen, Danny. It's not going to happen, and <laughs> I'm going to be so happy um, because that fight doesn't deserve to happen. Anyways, that's Danny Gutierrez. Uh, I'm Sean and that's Anderson. Sean Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the MMA Minutes. We will talk to you next week.